We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. If you are listening on our podcast streams, I want you all to know that for the first time ever, Josh Bowe and I are actually deciding to record video, which is getting posted to our newly founded YouTube channel, Pod Maverick, which I will post in the show notes. If you are watching this screen you have had to either stumbled upon us or you have listened to us for the better part of four years and hopefully did not know what we look like (laughs) unfortunately now you have to look at us uh we're joining uh you guys a little bit before nine o'clock here on what is it march 27th it's a monday the dallas mavericks played the indiana pacers it was the mavericks second game uh, on a back-to-back where they played a Pacers team that um, – trying to think how to phrase this delicately. If they're like the, – that was like the tanking ideal, where you have a team that doesn't really have anything to play for and there's no real incentive to win, so they rested four of their five starters, I think, and the Mavericks proceeded to slowly wipe the floor with them until it was just no longer a contest. Yeah, I think we <laughs> – we were wondering how low can the Mavericks sink, you know, after losing two games back to back to Charlotte. And I guess that's as low as I guess that's as low as it, it doesn't get lower. You know, there is a bottom to this Maverick season. And I guess we saw it on Sunday. So now we can see if they can get back out of it. Yeah, that was I know the Hornets were missing, you know, Lamella Ball and Terry Rogier, So it's not like they had their full guys either. But I mean, I would argue. uh Washington. I mean, they still had Gordon Hayward, who like used to be an all-star. Like, um, and they still had you know Dennis Smith Jr. Say what you will, but he's like a veteran now. Like the Pacers uh-huh. not only played like a bunch of backups, but they you know they're all like either rookies or second-year players, and it was just uh, and you could see it. And you know the Mavericks just kind of did what they wanted. Uh, they made threes, surprise, surprise, uh, and they had a big win. So. They made a lot of threes. (laughs) They They hit 18 on the game, and I think they didn't hit very many in the first quarter. No. And then they proceeded to just rain hellfire for the rest of the game. 18 of 37, you know, near just a shade under 50%. There's not really much another team is going to do in that regard if you shoot that well. It doesn't matter how the Mavericks have been playing. When you have a 10-point advantage – not 10 points, sorry, 10 made field goal advantage 
uh, in threes, which is a 30, I mean, that's 30 points. Like mm-hmm. you just, it doesn't matter how many offensive rebounds the Mavericks gave up, which they gave up a lot. It doesn't matter how many points in the paint, the Pacers score, which wasn't a lot for, for once, but th- like, this was just an impossible game for them to, to lose. Um, you know, those two Hornets games, they shot pretty, pretty rough from three. And that that's the team, you know, they, if they make more, if they make significantly more threes than their opponent, they win. If they don't, they lose. And, I know it's kind of silly to 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 break it down that simply, but I mean that's what it's felt like for the last month. So, well, and you know, I had I had one fan, a guy Leo, love Leo, shout out to Leo if you're actually listening to this, who who said this team is killing him. Can't they do one thing right? Because I think after they lost yesterday to the Hornets, yeah. the the general notion was okay, the Mavericks should tank. Um, and, and the Mavericks should tank, if we're being quite honest. But what they should do and what they're going to do are two different things. And then there's also the third factor of what do they have the ability to do? And in my opinion, at least like this early on, the Mavericks don't have a lot of, you know, there's they're still how many? Seven games to play. And for them six to really... Six games? Heard, okay. Yeah. For, for them to really like sink in this regard, they they... I don't think they can tank in the way that people like associate with tanking. There's not a lot of stuff that they're going to be able to do to really, you know, throw themselves for a loop because unless there's like a nagging injury, I I don't think the team wants to shut Luca down. He sells tickets. I think the league would like the Mavericks to at least, you know, make a, make a play for the plan. And you know, even with some of these guys that were like, oh, they're not on NBA teams. They they wouldn't be on a roster. And we do do this if when they're when they're really bad. But I don't see I don't really see how the Mavericks are to I think they lose like four of their next six, but I don't think they lose. You know, they're not going to play 500 ball. They're not going to. This is this is going to be one of these things where I think fans get pretty upset because they want them to tank. But the Mavericks aren't. aren't I don't think they're gonna even though we would like yeah. to see them less Ruka. I mean the only, the only it's 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 kind of like two different conversations because it's like what's best for the team to build a championship roster as soon as you can while Luca is still on his second contract and it's like well no duh you know you're you look at where this team is there's still two games under 500 like of course a top 10 pick like considering that they don't really have much to work with, with as far as cap space and as far as what they can trade you know they've got basically two young players and and they can trade two distant first rounders. Like that's it. And it's like, that's cool. But we just saw, I don't know if you, you know, pay attention to NBA trades lately, unless you're, you're trading for damaged goods. It takes like two to three and more to get, you know, picks and plus additional stuff to get like one really good player. I mean, like OG Ananobi was reportedly going for like three first rounders and it's Uh like, and he's not even an all-star. Like he would be a perfect guy for this Mavericks team, but it's like, they can't even afford that right now. So, like, of course, they, a top ten pick would be more beneficial than them <laughs> getting the getting the eight seed and, and losing in five games to the Nuggets in the first round, or or, or losing in the play-in, you know. Yep. But they can't like they're all healthy now. I mean, nope. you, you have Kyrie's foot injury. That's like maybe the only thing that's really they can get away with. But like the only way they could tank is if they sat guys. And at this point, it would be so blatantly obvious they just can't get away with it. The NBA would find them. Uh, the players, you know, you've said this a million times, the players don't tank, Like the players would probably be pretty pissed off. Like they don't like, they don't care about how the team needs to build the roster. They want to win games. Like that's why yep. they play. So 
they, you know, they're going to want to win. And the only way they can't right now is if they benched everyone. But I mean, and again, just this game, because this is a terrible Indiana team. They could play everyone fully healthy and lose the next three just because they're playing Philly, Miami, and Atlanta on the road. Like that. I mean, that wouldn't shock any, it wouldn't shock anyone if they went 0 3, even at full strength. But like, that's just like, it was just weird. Like, they were one game back uh, of 10th after they, uh, of the 10th place after they lost the Hornets. So, as awful as this team is right now in terms of like expectations and stuff, the season wasn't technically over as much as we felt like thematically it was kind of over. Um, right, right. And I had kind of a really dark thought today that what if that that Lakers last second shot was something that like buried them out of being in the lottery? Um, let's circle back to sort of that <laughs> level of talk and kind of briefly touch on the game a little bit. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was an odd game, despite the Mavericks really winning. They played a ton of people. That every single person on the roster that dressed tonight, which looks like all 15 guys played at least five minutes, which is kind of remarkable in, in with how short a bench they played. You know, you got like Marcus Morris grabbing 11 minutes. Kyrie Irving played like the team high 30, which of course he did with a hurt foot. Just of course he did. Um, that said, he kind of got back on track, at least in terms of making buckets. Let 7-11 from the floor, had six helpers, was uh, a starter's high, plus 26 when he was out there on the floor. Luca was pretty standard, awesome Luca, 25 points, uh, seven rebounds, six helpers, and zero turnovers, which I thought was pretty interesting, including like the pass, which you will see around the world tomorrow if you're paying attention to anything Maverick-related, where he just hit an absolutely – I don't even know how to describe it. He's on the right baseline, top of the screen, if you're watching on television, uh, not too far from the corner, kind of short corner area, and he gets trapped, and he – does like a spinning jump pass that seems to like bullet time underneath the backboard. And he found, was it if he found Jaden Hardy for three, right? Yep. And thank God, Jaden, Jaden Hardy, congratulations on being the Maverick who hits the cool, cool shot after the cool Luca pass. <laughs> we have seen way too many of this, the, like the missed shots after Luca does something absolutely wizard, wizard like over the last few years. So that was pretty fun. Um, trying to think like what else from this game like really jumped out to me. Uh, JaVel McGee played for yeah. the first time in a hundred years, and you know, he was productive. And I've already seen some like JaVel should play more, and it's like, guys, stop it. This is JaVel <laughs> McGee we're talking about here. Yeah, he had 10 points in 13 minutes. He also still managed to have two turnovers. Remarkable stuff from our and man only, there. And only two rebounds in 13 minutes, which mm-hmm, is weird. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, another weird stat. So I just want to like shout yeah. out to everybody. Like so the Mavericks had 33 team rebounds, and Luca had seven team high. After that, Josh Green has four rebounds. Jaden Hardy has four rebounds. Kyrie Irving has six rebounds really oh Kyrie Irving at three oh sorry Kyrie that's his assists like just true inability to go grab the ball I'm almost impressed with with the Mavericks ability to to not rebound um shocking in some regards yeah it's pretty funny I think the Pacers had four offensive rebounds on one possession early in the first quarter and I think that was when everyone was like oh boy here we go here we go again because the first quarter was relatively competitive compared to the rest of the game and and then the Mavericks just decided they're going to make all of their three-pointers, so you can get as many offensive rebounds as you like. We're just going to – three is greater than two, and it doesn't really matter. Um, of course, they did much better on their twos 
uh, today. I think this was one of their best two point uh, nights in a while. Um, this was Kyrie's first like productive game since that Lakers game. You know, he had a re- he came back. He had the foot injury. Well, he he played pretty well against Memphis right up until he hurt his foot. Yeah. And, and since then, he then he's been, you know, he the bad Charlotte, bad fourth quarter to Memphis, bad two bad Charlotte games, and so he kind of rebounded very nicely. Uh, he only had 16 points because the game was just he didn't need to do anymore. Um, so yeah, McGee played well. We'll see again. The Pacers' big men lineup was Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. Um, I will say it's nice that McGee had a good night. Uh, and the Mavericks won against Jalen Smith because if not, the first thing I would have brought up is that Jalen Smith was a free agent last summer and signed for a contract less uh, than JaVale McGee did uh, with the Mavericks. So that would have been that would have been a dark, demented place we would have been in talking about that. But uh, hey, it didn't happen. And uh, yeah, um, Maxi didn't play second night back to back. Probably a good thing considering how he's been playing lately. I honestly, well, frankly, I mean that's funny. mean. But I mean, well, if I they want any can... chance of beating Joel Embiid, Maxi Kleber has to play. Right, and Full he stop. has to not look like how he looked mm-hmm. for most of the minutes against uh, those two Hornets games. So, yep, yep. Um, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's a funny game because, like, you know, of course, the Mavericks get a almost a 30-point win when basically everyone from the fan base to even not just national media, but local media to Ooh. even media members that we consider to to always be looking on the on the sunny side up of things even kind of showed the cracks in the armor so of course the Mavericks won um and we'll just see like I, I don't know I just I might be sick in the head but there's like a weird part of me that thinks they're gonna win in Philadelphia just because it feels like the theme of this Maverick season is just we're gonna do the opposite of whatever you think we're gonna do yeah so, and you know now <laughs> there's there's a few things I'd like to talk about as we close out the show, because again, not a lot to talk about tonight, kind of making chicken uh, salad out of chicken shit yeah. here. 
Um, the first is is your column. The second is Haralabob's series of tweets. Uh, let's start with your column that you wrote late last night that basically gets into the nuts and bolts of the fact that there is no team in the and Bill Simmons actually talked about a little bit of what you were talking about today. That the situation the Mavericks have put Luka Doncic in is unlike any for an under 25 superstar in the league right now. And as you got into the nuts and bolts of it, any unlike any in really ever, like <laughs> yeah, what you and I have been harping on team building since 2019. Really, really harsh. I went back and listened to our 2019 free agency pod today where we just kicked the shit out of them. Um, and you got it. Well, I'll, go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Talk about your column. even if, if Yeah, if, I think something I've been noticing and I haven't talked about too much. I think I've hinted at it in a podcast, but I haven't wrote it because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, every time I write, Anytime I felt like this Maverick season is either A, back on track, or B, totally end and off the rails, the very next game they either went, you know, like they just kind of do the opposite. Like, I mean, I honestly thought maybe we should pack this season in when they lost to Indiana on February 28th, and then the very next game they beat the Philadelphia 76ers who, like, went on like a 20-game win streak after they beat, after they lost to the Mavs, and it's like, okay, maybe they're back, and then they lose again, and then it's like, okay, they're done. Oh, well, they just beat San Antonio and Los Angeles. They're Maybe they're back, and then they lose. And so it's it's been tough for me to want to, like, put the nail in the coffin, despite how bad those two Hornets losses. And those two Hornets losses, I think, kind of drove me there, and it's been – what I've been thinking about all season is just oh, – we see so often how off, like how much Lucas compared to the greats of all time because he just keeps doing these ridiculous – things and putting up numbers that we haven't seen before and every time it's like luca is the first player to do this since oscar robinson or will chamberlain or kevin durant or tim duncan like it happens like it's been happening like every other week it feels like with him since he's been drafted just like luca is the first 20 year old to do this he's the first 21 year old to do this or you know he's the second 22 year old to to make it to this but you could do something every game to agree he's just been unbelievable and then you look at who he's been compared to in these first four you know, almost five seasons now. And it's basically like Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. No duh. Like he's had maybe, he's had maybe the best start to a career just in terms of statistical production that we've seen in, you know, NBA history. And so you start comparing. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And now it's like, well, wait, how many of those guys were in 11th place in their conference when that, when they were 24 years old? And I started looking and I just, I couldn't find anyone. Just every single guy, LeBron, Dirk, Giannis, uh, George Gervin, even looking back older, you know, Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, um, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kevin Garnett, you know, just whoever you want to look at in terms of like, you know, not like an all-star, you know, just like a, a franchise altering talent, a superstar that can carry a team, you know, Michael Jordan. I didn't even say Michael Jordan. Every time I looked up, I was like, okay, so what was their team doing when they were 24 years old? And it's like 60 wins, conference finals, winning the finals, 55 wins, 52 wins, 53 wins. Like, it just, this doesn't happen. You don't see a player as good as Luka Doncic at this stage of his career on a team that might miss the playoffs. And not only miss the playoffs, like... (sighs) I mean, they might make the play-in. Like, if this were a couple of years ago, it would be it would feel even worse. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just like not even ninth or eighth place, like eleventh place, eleventh place, and this many games under you know three games under five hundred. It just it doesn't happen because 
we, you know, this I'm not breaking any news here. Basketball is probably one, the one professional sport where one individual talent can just overwhelm and influence the game, like more so than almost any other sport, aside from like a quarterback in football. But even then, football has so many players on the field that even with a good quarterback, there's so much more you have to account for. Yep. It's like basketball, there are five guys on the floor. Like one guy can just absolutely dominate. And it's typically one guy is enough. If one in that air in that hierarchy, like if one guy reaches that limit, that's usually enough to make the playoffs, even if the rest of the team isn't that great. I mean, we just saw Nikola Jokic without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. last mm-hmm. year. They were the sixth seed. And we saw Kobe Bryant after Shaquille O'Neal left. They, I think they had like one bad season, but even he led them to a couple of playoff seasons before Paul Gasol got there with like Lamar Odom. Yeah, It's like you can only fall so far when you have a superstar. And usually the farthest you fall is like a first round out in the playoffs. Like the fact that we are seriously in danger, the Mavericks are of missing the playoffs entirely, finishing with a top 10 lottery pick. You can maybe count on one hand how many times that's happened to hall of fame level superstar talents when they were 24 years old. And that's what I wanted to get a point, the point across, because there's definitely going to be some hand waving about why the Maverick season is as bad as it is, but we just have to consider like this. You can try to run a team blindfolded and you wouldn't, you wouldn't get a situation as bad as the Mavericks are with Luca. Like it's almost impressive that the Mavericks have managed to make, a bad team with Luka Doncic as a 24 year old. Like it's, well, it's really hard to do. And, and some of my kind of problem here, I've often just due to the, the Mavericks PR machine there, you know, a lot of local sports fan stuff. I've often felt like I'm the problem. We're the problem for going a little too far with how we've criticized their team building. This season has validated all of our criticisms. And that's really unfortunate because nobody wants their team to stink. And the historical comparisons are really fascinating to me because it's, it's you were, I, I saw you having to do this both in the comments and on Twitter where you're like, this is the point that they've messed all this up and we can, you know, sit here and hope for better things. But you, you even tweeted this out yesterday. Like, their cheat code is really they need to figure out they need to luck into a lottery pick <laughs> and then either trade out of that pick, which would make me fly off the handle because I love draft season or select somebody who can come and help and contribute immediately. Now, I think we should talk about that ladder stuff at a different day just because this we wanted this to be a shorter show. But <sighs> where they've gone and where they where they are right now is just it's it's nothing short of extremely disappointing. And I think that that it was really something over today, both on all the national podcasts I listened to, and then the <laughs> local coverage really flip a switch. Um, Tim McMahon of ESPN roasted them on local radio and on his own uh, the podcast that he goes on, the Hoop Collective, and it's it's just kind of shocking because I think where I fail often as a like. I don't know Ford. I'm, I guess I'm a me. I guess we're media members. Yeah, we don't go media. to games. Yeah. But we don't, re- it's, it's really surprising to me to watch sourced people choose when to unload both barrels because they <laughs> access is like, you know, it's precious and you really got to be careful with that sort of things. So you don't want to piss off the wrong person at the right time. Cause you're not going to get the story later, but watching that sort of stuff today was really interesting to me. So, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, that's when you know it's bad. <laughs> like, yep. mm-hmm. That's when you know it's like, hey, it's not just us. Like, <laughs> we could finally point to, to some other things. But yeah, it's, it's not great. And like, to be honest, I know, I'm sure we're, someone's going to leave a comment that's like, I can't believe you guys are still talking. Like, they, like they won by 30. And it's just like, you know, I'm sorry. They just lost two, you know, after what we just witnessed. They might have, like, they might have missed out on the plan. Like yeah. as far as because of those two games. I mean, yeah. I had a guy who messaged me today goes, You mean they lost to the Hornets twice? He didn't know he thought it was one game. He's like twice in a row. Like, yeah, that bad. Yeah. Like it's just we're at the point where it's like, how can you get jazzed up about a win like this when the next three games are Philly, Miami, Atlanta, and then Sa- and then Sacramento? The first three are all in the like it's like they don't play another team that has nothing to play for till the last game of the season, San Antonio. Indiana, Charlotte, the last three games, they're one and three, they're one and two, and those teams are awful. Like, yep. I can't emphasize enough that like Indiana's record is a little fool's goldie because they started off really well. Mm-hmm. And then when they when Halberton got hurt, they were like, all right, let's let's pack this in. If they played how they've played like the last three or four months for the whole season, they would be right next to Houston, San Antonio, and Charlotte. So like I like these and then you lost to Golden State. The road Golden State is also like I, I, it's it's just hard for me to to get back on the horse. And I and I know that's dangerous because we know this Mavericks team loves to just the con the the Mavericks love to make uh, whatever is going to make us argue the most, right? Like that's what they do. Uh, I've told I've said I wrote that column. They're the discourse team. And I was around game fo- fifteen. Yeah. And record. if they follow that, they're going to win on Wednesday, yeah. right? They're going to yeah. win on Wednesday, and everyone's going to be like, "How dare you guys write off this team?" I don't know, man. Everybody's been pretty sick. Like, there's kind know, of a uniform. It's like, what do we do next? And that's really the difficult part because it it seems it, they're just they might be in no man's land. They might really be in no man's land, and that that really stinks. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, was something that I I disagreed with Haralabov Bulgaris on this. Uh, yeah. He was. He went, he posted a thread screenshots. Now, granted, smarter man than I, so I'm disagreeing from my point of limited knowledge, but he really went at the Mavericks sort of attack with Kyrie and Luca on the floor and talking about how little they utilize Luca and Kyrie in actions and kind of like, what's the point of that? Like, why would you get these two guys if you're not going to use them together? And my thought, I have two thoughts. Well, one of them's original and one of them somebody told me. Um, the, the first is that if you go back and watch a lot of classic LeBron Kyrie tape, they did this too. And they just mowed teams down on offense. Like it was fine. Uh, the second thing, and this is a much more interesting insight. Uh, Matt Moore passed this along to me. He said, when he asked a similar question, it's like, well, when you pair your two best players together in an action, you're also most likely getting the two best defenders from the other team involved in that same action. So if you're bringing two good defenders to the ball, that can create a different set of problems. I thought that was an interesting insight. I don't necessarily agree with Rollabob. I think the Mavericks offense is vanilla at points because Luca wants it to be. He wants to run the things he wants to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you can convince him otherwise, either through coaching and results, then that's that that's the part where I agree with. It's like if he thinks it's on them, the coaching staff, then 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 he's right. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's I mean, the numbers with Kyrie and Luke on the floor are like offensively are great. So uh-huh. it's hard to be 
too picky about the the usage. It just sticks out because the Mavericks have played like 8 million. I mean, what was it? They've played 50 clutch games this season. Yes. So those stand out more because we've seen so many crunch times possessions where they just don't, they don't have it. So mm. uh, that that's probably why it just sticks out like a sore thumb because we just notice all these clutch present clutch time possessions that they aren't uh, capitalizing on. And right. so that sticks out. So that's one thing. And then I think his better point that he made, I, I that I more agreed with, was uh, I think someone responded to him and was like, you know, how can you, you know, Ky- well, Kyrie and Luke and LeBron worked out pretty well. And his counter was, well, yeah, at one point LeBron was like the best defensive player on the planet. And it's like hard to, hard to argue with that one, you know, like y- you can get away with maybe an unimaginative offense when those two guys were just so singularly brilliant offensively, but also. I mean, LeBron on Cleveland in the playoffs in 2016, he was probably one of the most, the best defender on the floor. And that's right. including like Draymond Green, who's going to go down as one of the greatest defenders of all time. Like, I saw the Andre Ogadala block. Like, I'm sorry, but Luca, you know, it's going to take a while to Luca to get to that, if ever. So that's probably the biggest thing. Like, I don't worry about the offense, but it's like, you know, it's kind of a, it's a bigger version of like what we worried about with Luca and Brunson. It's like, can your two highest paid players both be at their ceilings average defensively? You know, usually one of your best, two best players is, is a good defender. You would think. Right. Um, so, you know, even with the Warriors, like Stephen, if you want to say it was Stephen clay before Durant got there, I mean, clay before the Achilles was a great defender. Then you had Draymond behind that. So that's more of the thing that's going to be interesting. And that's, what's, you know, they're going to drive the team building, I think, more than anything. Like, the offense is just, like, it's it's a thing, but, like, on the list of things, it just, it's not even on my radar, you know? Right. Like, there's just so many other things that matter more to me in terms of what has to be fixed. All right, I'm, I mean, I'm, I just looked it up while we're talking. With Kyrie and Luca on the floor cleaning the glass, the Mavs are scoring 121 points per 100%. Yeah, we're fine. Like, yeah, like... I don't. I mean, yeah. Is it does it suck that Kyrie stands in the corner sometimes? Yeah, but hey, guess what? Kyrie's also one of the best spot up shooters in the league. So it, maybe it's not the best use case of him, but he's also really good at standing in the corner and making threes. So like, I, you know, what are you, what are you going to do right now? Love that. Okay. Well, we're out of di- we're we're out of stuff here, and we still talk for twenty five plus <laughs> minutes. Um. So for for those of you who are watching, we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're figuring this out as we go. Uh, we're learning. We're joining a new podcast company tomorrow uh, who will hopefully give us some new uh, insight and things we need to do with regards to this sort of thing. So we're going to figure it out as we go. We're going to learn. Uh, so please be patient with us in that regard. Offer any thoughts or commentary. Can't wait for the first asshole to call us ugly and comments and that sort of thing. I love that stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm married anyways, and so are you. So we don't care. Um, that's the point of getting married early. You lock them down before they realize that, that you know, you're going to look differently in 15 years. Um, for those of you listening, please continue to, you know, subscribe. Uh, leave us reviews. We'll be changing backends, I'm pretty sure, too. But that shouldn't change all the artwork and all the stuff that we've established the last couple of weeks. Really uh, pleased with that. Shout out to our guy, Matt, at Mavs Moneyball, who has helped with that. Uh, that's kind of all I got. Anything else for you? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Let's get all out right. of here and get ready for the well-rested Joel Embiid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, this has been Pod Mavericks After Dark. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk with you soon.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.